chalk up a second straight win for the Pirates. How about that? 7-1 to one over the Padres Wednesday evening, and they're back on a hot streak, but can they complete it? Welcome to your Morning Bucket Joe for Thursday, June 29th, 2022. Hard to believe we're almost into the month of July, and it's almost hard to believe that we are almost halfway through the Major League Baseball season, and the Pirates only five games under 500. Not a bad look after all, and they're now five games under after a 7-1 to decimation of the San Diego Padres Wednesday night at PNC Park. Uh, I'm not going to I'm going to be honest with you. I honestly thought that the Pirates would be down 0-2 in the series, not up 2 to nothing. But that's why you just uh, let the teams play out and see what they can do. And uh, don't let the matchups fool you ever because the Pirates went up against Blake Snell last night, giving up just one run and I believe over 30 innings, uh, 30 recent innings, that is. Uh, but he was tabbed for two earned runs in six innings pitched. He did strike out 10, though, but the Pirates were able to solve him just a little bit and um, get the win. Where are my manners? I'm Jake, by the way, from Talk the Plank. I can't believe I forgot to introduce myself, but I just want to get right into the nitty gritty and talk about the Pirates' awesome win because that's what it was. It was awesome. And we start off with those two runs that Blake Snell gave up in the bottom of the first. Carlos Santana, he's on a bit of a hot streak, isn't he? Second straight day with a home run. This one proved to be worth it. A two-run shot to left center field. Henry Davis scored on it. And uh, if you were watching the telecast last night, one thing that they pointed out was uh, Davis's reaction to Santana's home run. As he's rounding second, his his, his a fist is up in the air. He is just excited. And, man, this is what Henry Davis brings to the Pirates. It's a sense of leadership, a sense of competitive uh, spirit. And uh, we saw it play out on the field. We've seen it since he's been up. But uh, back to the game. 2 nothing Pirates at that point. The Padres did get one back. It was their lone run of the night in the sixth inning. Xander Bogart singled to the opposite field. And it drove home Fernando Tatis Jr., but Mitch Keller held steady. And we'll talk about him going forward because he had a really good night, contrary to what some people believe. Then the Pirates just unraveled things for a five-run bottom of the seventh inning. Josh Palacios coming in with a bases full of bucks. He, uh, he, He didn't get the start in last night's game, but he did come in in the pinch and he's now four for six pinch hitting wise on the season. He singled home a run to make it uh, three to one. Connor Joe then singled home two more on a little flare out to center field. Good thing for him. And that's uh, kind of ironic prior to the game. I was questioning why he was in the leadoff spot and I saw right there. And then Hank, he singled home a couple more runs seven to one. He put the icing on the cake. Uh, he had a two hit day, which is good for him. Uh, he and Santana each finished the game with two hits. A lot of other Buccos with a hit as well. Joe McCutcheon, um, Nick Gonzalez had one, too, an infield hit. His average now 200, not too bad. Congratulations to Jared Triolo, called up before the game in place of Key Brian Hayes, who was placed on the 10-day injured list with lower back inflammation. He went one for three, uh, struggled in his first two at-bats, even got hit on one, uh, and we'll talk about that now. Uh, there was a deciding at-bat with Jared Triolo, runners in second and third, uh, it was late in the game. I believe it was in the seventh. It was. It was in the seventh inning. Squared around a bunt. Was hit on the hand by a pitch. Now, he didn't pull the bat back. He just pulled it closer to his body. So, technically, if you want to get technical, he did offer at the pitch. Um, and after uh, the home plate umpire, Chad Fairchild, uh, gave him the base, the Padres wanted to talk things over. I, there wasn't a challenge. There was a crew chief review. The call was confirmed. Bob Melvin didn't didn't like the call, and he was promptly tossed. Was allowed to get his money's worth, though. Uh, Hard to go against Melvin there. I think he had a bit of a case. Um, And the fact that all four umpires couldn't overturn that 
it, it is what it is. It's just one of those unfortunate calls for the Pirates, though. It's very fortunate. And for once, I think Pirates fans were happy to be on the positive side of some pretty poor officiating. Let's just stop. Pause right here. It was a pretty bad officiating crew. All right. Not just Fairchild's call on that uh, bun attempt. Strike zone was all over the place. All the umpires just seemed like they didn't know what they were doing. It, they just looked lost out there. Uh, just wanted to give a couple comments on that. It was just a rough night for the officiating crew all around. Uh, but that's kind of that 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 bunt play, if you will call it, is what led to the big scoring inning. I think that was the big turning point. It took the Padres completely out of the game, and uh, the Pirates just capitalized on it from there. But not just the hitting was a big part. Mitch Keller, 50-plus pitches after two innings. Hard to believe that he was going to make it at least through four. Well, he picked up his ninth win of the year after pitching six innings, allowing four hits, one earned run, two walks, five strikeouts, lowering his season ERA to 334. Now, a little bit of trivia for you. When was the last time the Pirates had a nine-win starter prior to the All-Star break? I'll give you a second to think. If you said Ivan Nova in 2017, you're correct. That was the last time. I was a senior in high school when the Pirates last had a nine-win pitcher uh, before the All-Star break. To put it in perspective, I'm now out of college, and I have been for a couple of years now. So it's it's been quite a while. Uh, but he was also followed up by a really good inning by Carmen Lajinski, picked up two strikeouts. Yeri De Los Santos tossed an inning of perfect relief. No strikeouts. Um, Padres were able to make some contact, but uh, overall put a zero in the score column. Cody Bolton roughed up a little bit, gave up two hits, one walk, and a strikeout in the ninth inning. Didn't allow a run to score, though, which is good. Uh, but he did struggle nonetheless. But either way, Pirates pitching was perfect, or next to perfect at least. And so it's the perfect combination of good hitting, good pitching, and some pretty unique fielding, too. And uh, one thing I think that's going to get overlooked is how Rodolfo Castro played at second base. I know a lot of people have mixed emotions about him, myself included. I don't know what to think about him. But uh, after watching him play third, short, and second all year long, you can tell he's more comfortable playing at second base. Made a a couple uh, hard plays to make. One being uh, it was the second assist he made on a ground ball. He had to cover a lot of range on the field, and he was able to do it, and then made a pretty easy throw to first. He just looks so much more fluid at, at, at second base. Right now, I think the Pirates have a really nice little thing going with with Castro at second, Nick Gonzalez at short, because, again, he looks comfortable at shortstop. Love to hear you argue with me about that. He just does. And Jared Triolo, I mean, obviously a my, former minor league gold glove award winner. Um, he's filling in for Key Brian Hayes this time. I uh, would love to see him at third more often. And I think that combination in the middle infield would be really nice of Castro and uh, Gonzalez. Castro may not be doing much with the bat, but I mean, if he can make up for it defensively, then I'm, I'm all here for it. Uh, let's talk about Carlos Santana a little bit. looks like he's seeing the ball rather well lately. I mean, two home runs in two straight games, uh, well, a home run in two straight games. I should say that's, that's pretty unique considering it looked like for a little bit of time, He was going to start falling off, maybe lose some of his trade value. I know we hate talking about trade chips, but if we're being honest, it looked like he was going to be a trade piece. Two for four night, two RBIs really helped the Pirates out there. Um, Going back to Davis a little bit, just want to mention again his competitive spirit. I think he brings a lot to this Pirates team. You don't see him smile much unless they're up by a lot or at least the game's over. Uh, He wants to win. He's got that winning edge, something I think that has been missing from the Pirates for years. Um to me, I see Davis's attitude as not so much a watered-down version, but a slightly skewed version of A.J. Burnett because Burnett was a competitive guy. He was more gritty, I would say. Davis is more old-school, uh, pedal to the metal, nose to the ground, 
you know, take no prisoners kind of competitive guy. And uh, I think he just brings something different. And I mean, his ability in right field, you know, I, we talk about Castro and his ability at second base last night. But one of the big things that stood out to me was, um, I believe, in the second inning, Trent Grisham doubled to right. And it took a weird hop off of the uh, right field, the Clemente wall and right. And Davis fielded it as best as he could. And he quickly got it away. And I was hearing Neil Walker on the telecast. One of the things he said is he got it and got rid of it quickly. And uh, that prevented a run from scoring. So Davis knows the outfield position. It kind of shocks me a little bit. I thought he wouldn't know it, but I'm starting to like him in right. I would like to see him catch here and there, but uh, really starting to like Hank out in right field. And I think it just adds a nice little filler as well because the outfield has been struggling since Reynolds got hurt. Well, just a couple of injuries this season. So hearing they're seeing him out there is pretty good. But all in all, a pretty nice seven to one win for the Pirates last night. They out hit the Padres nine to seven. I think another thing that we should have mentioned is how the Pirates pitchers are limiting guys like Fernando Tatis, Juan Soto, Manny Machado. They're not allowing free base hits to them. They're stopping them in their tracks, which is good because that was one thing I was afraid of was how are they going to attack these guys? But uh, they're going right after him. They're forcing them to put bat on ball and just ground out. It's pretty nice to see. Uh, hopefully they can continue it on uh, Thursday, which is today. It's a 1235 start time from PNC Park. Luis Ortiz against former Buck Joe Musgrove. Uh, comparable ERAs, records differing. Uh, Musgrove 6-2, and two, Ortiz 2-3. Two and three. They both have, bring their unique little spin, both relying on the off-speed stuff. So I'm um, excited to see how it is. Uh, it'll be a 12-10 airtime for the radio affiliates. Uh, 12 o'clock noontime uh, Pirates pregame start on the television side. Bucks going for the sweep of the San Diego Padres before they welcome the Milwaukee Brewers to town for the weekend. That's it for this morning's Bucket Joe. My name is Jake Slobodnik for Talk the Plank. Follow me at underscore Radio Jake on Twitter. Follow Bucks Dugout at Bucks Dugout. Follow Talk the Plank at Talk the Plank Pod. And as always, follow Fans First Sports Network at Fans First SN. Hoping to talk about a Pirates sweep victory tomorrow. Have a great rest of your Thursday. 